You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plant, it's time to hemp present. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can fill your knowledge void of cannabinoids and get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement and beyond. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 28 years, found at hempfest.org. I am also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is the multifaceted marketing professional and organizer, Catherine Enney. Catherine took her humble beginnings of producing punk rock shows in Orange County, California in the 1990s to a dynamic career as a marketing coordinator, band manager, producer, designer, event organizer, and probably things I don't even know about. She's worked with a wide (laughs) array of notable music acts, including the Flaming Lips, Ween, Queens of the Stone Age, Marilyn Manson, Weezer, and one of my all-time favorites, Michael Franti and Spearhead. Catherine worked as marketing coordinator for Restless Records, eventually going on to form Guerrilla Management and overseeing the careers of artists such as Fu Manchu and the Dwarves. She has been a panelist at various industry events, and she's even foraying into the world of cannabis, and she has joined me today. Welcome, Catherine, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much, Sid. I hope I got everything correct. 
You did. You did. You know, it's so funny. In prep of this, uh, this podcast, I had to go check out my LinkedIn. And even I'm surprised sometimes uh, with <laughs> all the things I've done in life. It's such a blessing. It's so awesome. If it's anything like me, it's a blur, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. I did do that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. We spoke briefly by phone about 20 years ago uh, about potential booking for HempFest, but you recently moderated a panel that I was on at the Fest Forums event in San Francisco, yes. and it was great to finally get to meet and, and, and basically kind of work with you. Um, let's let's, let's begin. Honor. Yeah, let's begin with your story. Can you just give us a brief history of your involvement in the West Coast music scene? I mean, how did you, how did you just initially get started? You know, it's so funny because um, straight out of high school, I've always been a lover of music and have gone to concerts forever, ever since I was like 14 years old. Um, so straight out of high school, I knew I wanted to be in the music industry, and I decided to become a sound engineer. So after I graduated, I packed my bags at 18 years old and moved down to L.A., and got my degree uh, as a sound engineer and living in L.A., just figuring out the pace and, you know, getting to uh, know what places and spaces I needed to get familiar with and just really hustled. So, um, yeah, so I went down there, sound engineer, producer, producer to record label um, executive, record label executive to management. So and a lot more in between. Including feel, cleaning toilets. <laughs> I, feel, I feel sorry for the sound person at your events if the sound's not just right. <laughs> you're probably you know, it, is, it was a, it's great because I learned to uh, speak the language in the studio with uh, my artists, which goes a long way. So yes. I'm, you know, pretty much a creative manager as well as, you know, uh, a business manager where I like to work with artists that are it's not just an admin job it's really creating a career and a brand behind that you know that artist's dreams so it's a it's a real collaborative effort you know there's there's a, a term that you hear a lot sound man um and, mm -hmm. and, and there's not a ton of women in the, in the running sound at events. In fact, there weren't a lot of other women involved on the same level as you were in the local music industry when you started. Uh, do you think you encountered mm -hmm. any unique obstacles or experiences associated with your being a woman in that field at a time? I mean, at the time, what was it like for you? You know, um, yeah, I, I just... Uh, or were you just I kind of oblivious to it? I was I was not oblivious to it. I, I realized I was like maybe one of two women in the room, especially for, you know, uh, working in a recording studio or in certain environments. But I think, and especially in light of the whole Me Too, Me Too movement and what's happening there, it's just really asserting yourself and not having to be like, you know, a uh, you know, like a mean person and try to act like a dude, but actually be a strong, empowered woman. And if, you know, if there's a weird situation, you just learn to be like what I say, a, a dude girl. You learn to hang with the boys and also be one, uh, not be one of the boys, but be, you know, one of the leaders in the room that can just, you know, set the tone and, and basically just, uh, you know, um, get the job done. So, I'm just, I think I was just in a unique situation where um, I just really felt, you know, 
comfortable. I grew up with two brothers, a younger and older brother. So maybe that's part of it. But um, yeah, um, I think just, um, you know, finding other female peers was difficult. I was trying to remember, I think Sylvia Massey was one of the only producers and engineers out there that I really looked up to that was female. Um, And she's still going at it. You know, she produced many, many like platinum selling hits. Um, So, so yeah, I think you just, you know, just basically uh, get the job done and be an empowered person and you will, you know, go places. In addition to the acts that I mentioned in my intro for you, you've also worked with acts like the Flaming Lips, Nick Cave, the Cramps, they might be Giants, Ween, Dead Milkman, even David Cassidy. With the yeah. obvious exception of David Cassidy, you seem to have mostly gravitated towards po- punk, post-punk, or alternative artists. Is there something about the ethos or spirit of those genres that's attracted you, uh, or or is it just uh, the way it worked out? It's so funny. You know, I think um, in the early days, well, I've always liked, you know, rock music, really visceral music, punk rock attitude. And yes, the ethos as well is just DIY in it and really just getting out there. But I love dance music. House music changed my life. Um, you know, um, just, uh, yeah, punk music, um, everything. But I think it has to be authentic and real. Um, I fell into the rock scene and working with, you know, like with at Restless Records when I worked there, Flaming Lips and Nick Cave, The Cramps, and, yeah, David Cassidy was a, a wild one. But, um that was um, that was through the Restless Records, and then my personal choice of working with bands would would be like the Queens of the Stone Age and the Caiuses. So, and then you know, got into a bit of hip hop, and I think you know, um, and I was always looking for a great electronic musician, but never quite found that one. Um, uh, I did meet with Chainsmokers early on in Vegas, and we were close, but they are honorable guys and lovely guys, and they stayed with their longtime manager. And um, so I think, you know, to answer your question, I think I just felt, you know, any sort of music that was authentic and visceral and just really comes from the gut, you know, I love and loved. Uh, I can, I feel you. I feel you 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am interested in the approach that you have termed the experiential marketing of a lifestyle. What exactly does that phrase describe? Well, you do it well with Hempfest. I mean, you know, that is such an amazing, amazing experience and event for so many people. You've touched so many lives. And I think, you know, just rather than the nuts and bolts of putting on a show at a venue, um, which is the majority, you know, of the events out there. It's like, I, I really feel, again, everything, you know, it, t- it takes a lot of work to, whether it's producing events or, you know, um, uh, advising and building a career or a brand. So I feel like I, you know, I want to create something that's special and memorable. So creating an experiential you know, or the experiential marketing of the lifestyle means you find that brand or you find somebody like Michael Franti as an example. We worked so well together for 15 years because he's like, well, I want to go to a war zone. You want to go to a war zone? Okay, yeah, let's go to a war zone. Or I want to produce a, you know, a huge, you know, festival, um, like in two months in the middle of Golden Gate Park that, you know, is pro-peace and, and you know, supports, uh, you know, um, 
you know, anti-gun violence, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just really, you know, creating experiences that are going to impact attendees and people that, and also people that work at them. So front of house experience is just as important as back of house, you know? So my crew and my staff, I want them to have an amazing experience and same with everybody that comes to that, uh, you know, that event or hears that album or even wears that, you know, swag, you know, it's got to be something that's, um, again, true and authentic. So, Yeah, I, I think that some of the best and most powerful art throughout the ages is transformational and even in some cases life changing for us, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you think people like the Beatles, for example, that, you know. Uh, partially changed the world with their art, I think, or at least influenced changes oh, yeah. in the world. Um, so it, it really comes down to about, you know, and, and everything of value in life should have meaning, meaning and substance. There should be, have some depth to it, right? And and, and define something of value for, for life. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, you're hearing these terms out there, um, you know, uh, just really um, uh, describing certain generations, whether they're the boomers or now the pivotals and then the millennials and, you know, millennials, pivotals, boomers, everybody wants the same thing, it seems. Maybe it's worded a little bit different, but they want an experience. They want impact in their lives when they go to an event or they, you know, you know, purchase something. And, you know, if it's cause related, if you buy something or they choose to buy, and, and I choose to buy something a little bit more, if there's 10 items out there and one item is going to give, you know, you know, some, a percentage of proceeds to uh, uh, an organization I believe in or a cause I believe in, I'm going to pay that little bit extra because I know I'm doing good. You know, I know I'm, because sometimes we, we all can't be leaders and produce you know, or be at the front line of, uh, of activism, you know, we don't have time or we're distracted, but if you could do your little bit and, you know, and, uh, purchase smartly or, you know, um, well, basically, yeah, purchase smartly, and, you're and doing that, something at least. And that kind of leads into a question I'm going to have for you about branding, but first we've got to roach it for a minute. Mm. My guest is Catherine. Any, we're <laughs> going to hear a word from our sponsors and advertisers, pay the rent and come right back with our second segment. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. The National Cannabis Industry Association's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference takes place October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com and take part in the only industry trade show focusing solely on the California market hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference 
brings together thousands of cannabis industry leaders, policymakers, and entrepreneurs to discuss California-specific regulations, market trends, policy, advocacy, and research. The California Cannabis Business Conference will also feature over 60,000 square feet of expo floor, showcasing over 200 exhibitors. Make your plans now for NCIA's third annual California Cannabis Business Conference, October 8th and 9th in Long Beach, California. Register today at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. That's CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. We're back to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong hemperer of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present with Catherine Enney. Catherine, cannabis has, in my mind, always played some role in the music culture, starting back with the jazz musicians of the 20th century on to all the connections with the alternative subcultures, uh, some that we touched on as well as modern music today. How might a future music industry, in your eyes, intersect with the cannabis industry and culture? Uh, can you envision a day when cannabis and entertainment have a, a more direct, formal relationship than the kind of loose cultural associations that we see now? Mm, well, I think, and you know, you know this. It's like outside lands, which is a big commercial. You know, one of the biggest uh, music festivals in the world. Well, this year they broke ground because they were able to get, I think, like one or two days prior, a uh, a, a permit and a license to be able to uh, not only have you know consumption, but to sell cannabis. Uh, to their audience, which is a very mainstream audience, and of course, 21 and over. So I really see that, you know, as cannabis becomes more regulated, we'll always have the black market, but as it becomes more mainstream, there's going to be, you know, with events and whatnot, it's about sponsorships, about being able to, you know, gain sponsorship monies to be able to produce the, the event. That's very, very important. Um, you know, we don't all count on ticket sales. So I think just you'll see these cannabis brands that are looking to market to Main Street and Mainstream more are going to be a lot more polished as far as their branding, uh, a lot more visible <clears throat> in, you know, uh, not only for music festivals, but you know, for, uh, you know, food and beverage uh, and cultural festivals as well. Um, I think that's, uh, that's definitely going to be there uh, really, really soon uh, <clears throat> and very wide. 
a, a brand is partly a reputation and some brands evoke a sense of social purpose. Many su successful brands build emotional connections that intersect with lifestyle and identity. And we were kind of touching on that before the break. The majority of the music acts you've worked with have provided some kind of sense of social commentary or political <coughs> message. Do you think it's important for the cannabis business industry to retain some aspect of the social consciousness that's been historically associated with the cannabis culture, say, for example, in the form of things such as environmental awareness or racial and gender equity and opportunity? Uh, or is it okay if it just kind of turns into the alcohol, the new alcohol? No, we have to be accountable. This is the time that, you know, we're, we're like an, a cannabis has been around for years, but we are a new industry as far as, you know, uh, selling to the masses and branding to the masses. But this is a time that we need to set the tone. We have this massive opportunity, one of the biggest opportunities of our lifetime to make, you know, cannabis a very, very, uh, you know, like a uh, fundamental part of, you know, billions of people in the world. So not only for medicine and for rec, but for, you know, the hemp, for textiles, et cetera, et cetera. So we as leaders, yourself included, myself included, are the ones that are going to need to set the tone by the way that we, you know, uh, produce our events, what our, um, you know, ethos are, um, how we are going to educate, you know, people within our industry and also, you know, the masses, that you know how to you know basically embrace our values that we want to put out there um you know a lot big tobacco is going to come in big alcohols you know they're already here alcohol tobacco um so we have to really stand our ground i think and set the tone uh whether it's you know advocating or whether it's you know sustainability and greening uh there's no going back. So, you know, that's what we try to do with New West Summit. Um, and I know you do with HempFest is really, you know, look at everything. We're technology focused at um, New West Summit and high-end branding focused and investment focused. But I feel like everybody we're talking to, we, we, we basically are always, you know, the right, you know, right hand's doing business, left hand is, you know, concerned about the world, actually believe it or not. So yeah, yeah. One, of, one um, of the things that, that concerns me, for example, is the amount of single use plastics in the cannabis industry right mm -hmm. now. I mean, I find see dupe tubes on the, on the ground all the time and, Big and these packages and stuff. Um, so that that's just an example of an area where I think that the cannabis industry is failing right now. Uh, initially, um, we need biodegradable containers. In fact, you should be able to bring your own container. This, you know, you have to have childproof packaging for something that can't get you high unless you burn it. Uh, but, but you mentioned yeah. New West Summit. And I want to let you give a plug. What is the New West Summit? So New West Summit is uh, an event that I produce with the founder, Jim McElpine. Uh, it is in October of every year this year, October 10 and 11, based in San Francisco, our track is uh, we focus on cannabis, technology, media, uh, science, and investment in our industry. And we bring in, we bring like top leaders, uh, mavens, we bring in entrepreneurs that are of a certain level uh, that speak to the industry. And also people like uh, Richard Branson from Virgin that's not in the industry, Steve Kotler, best-selling author of Flow, Genome Project. Um, Alicia Silverstone this year and the great killer Mike is going to speak this year. And, you know, so it's 
so we try to bring in the best and the brightest of minds and that need to that that want to speak and educate people but also learn from all the other people and attendees that are there that are you know in the industry and trying to make great change but also it, it is a true b2b conference so people come to new west summit to build relationships it's not a consumer uh meaning you know we don't you know it, there's not really uh consumer sales there we focus truly on just strategic you know brand partnerships investment um education b2b being business to business exactly exactly so we have about two thousand people on flow 50 exhibitors and uh about 100 speakers and where's this taking place this is at the bespoke event center in the westfield center in downtown san francisco october 10 and 11. speaking of san francisco uh, you produced the Power to the Peaceful Festival in California for 12 years, which used the yes. tagline, Music, Consciousness, Action. Why did you start the festival, and in what, what ways did it promote or advance music, consciousness, and action? Well, this is a uh, collaboration with Michael Franti again. It was one of those nutty things where, um, you know, we had two months <laughs> to produce this event, and it was amazing. So the first year that we started, it was not called Power to the Peaceful. It was called 911. And it was uh, surrounding uh, awareness around Mumia Abu-Jamal's case. And Rage Against the Machine, the Beastie Boys, and Michael Franklin Spearhead were the three artists that were chosen to produce events to create awareness around Mumia's case. Um, I believe Rage was L.A., Beastie's New York, and we were San Francisco. So we had, you know, uh, we started off that year with 8,000 people in Dolores Park in San Francisco. We had so much fun doing it and got such a buzz with the community it brought together around this issue and this man. We decided to continue um, and we called it 911. And then the following year, we, you know, we talked about, I think the focus was the prison industrial complex. And then when, uh, you know, 9-11 happened, and the bombs hit the trade centers, uh, bombs meaning the, the, you know, the planes. Um, we 911 had to wasn't everything. a great name then, was it? No, was that wild? <laughs> we called it 911, and then 911 happened. <laughs> but, um, so we changed the name to Power Given Peaceful. We decided to, you know, take back uh, that 911, really. And, and we, for every, for 12 years, the closest weekend to 911, we produced. We changed the name Power to Peaceful because we really wanted to focus on not being an anti-war uh, event, but we wanted to be a pro-peace event and brought together about 100 different, uh, you know, NGO uh, organizations. We had wonderful artists that donated the time, everybody from, you know, Alanis Morissette to uh, Spearhead, of course, to Woody Harrelson. We had Dennis Kucinich, so we bring people together to talk about pro-peace. And what that means is like, you know, peace starts with your mind and your body. So we had yoga. From your mind and your body goes to your family. So we talked about, you know, uh, you know alleviating domestic uh, violence. From your family it goes to your neighborhood. Your community. So we had, you know, uh, gang members speak to, you know, people about the good work they were doing and how not to really fall into the traps that they fell in. And from there, you move into, you know, peace in your country, peace 
you know, yada, yada, it goes on and on and peace globally. And then maybe you'll have world peace. I don't know. But I think this, you know, our whole thing was just to set, uh, have a mindset that, you know, you just start small within yourself and then that will reverberate to, you know, perhaps a better world. So yes, it was, it was amazing. So we brought music, art, action. We had, you know, the music, of course, the main stage is the DJ stage. Like I said, a hundred, you know, different activist organizations or community organizations. And then we had, you know, graffiti walls. We had athleticism, skate ramps. So we just brought in all different types of community under the umbrella of just, you know, uh, power to the peaceful, really. My guest is Catherine Any. We're going to take a pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Another word from our sponsors. Come back with our final segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits. Welcome to another episode of Plant Profits. I am Bert Miller, your host. As you guys know, the purpose of this show is to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. Plant Profits, only on CannabisRadio.com. It's time to hemp present. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp presents only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We have returned with Catherine Any. Catherine, if you can put your music thinking cap on, what advice, you know, with all the work that you've done in so many areas, what advice might you have for some young person who might be listening who wants to break into the music scene? Well, my number one advice is to follow your dream. If you really want to do it, follow your dream. That's super important. And work hard. So I always say, you know, be in the right places and know the right faces. 
So that means, you know, move to L.A. or move to New York or start hustling online with your music. But do know the people you need to get it to and somehow get to know them or their team and put your music out there and don't be a pest about it. You have to, it, it takes resilience, perseverance, and just a lot of work and just, and just read a lot. Now in this day and age of Google, you could look at how successful musicians and artists have made it and study that, study their footsteps and just go for it. Well, you know, if I was one of those people, I would study your footsteps. Um, it's uh, <laughs> so great having you on the show. Thank you so much. I know you're, you're in the, uh, Thank you. you have on a timeline right now on a deadline, working hard, yes. uh, produce your event. I feel your pain. I uh, appreciate you taking time <laughs> out to do the show. It means a lot thank to me. And just me. thank you so much uh, for being on Hemp Present. All right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, first time for New West Summit. Come to San Francisco, folks. Otherwise, let's, I'll see you out there in the world. And New West Summit. All right. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature him present on CannabisReader.com, and that is the quote of the week. And here it is. Never be afraid to raise your voice for honesty and truth and compassion against injustice and lying and greed. If people all over the world would do this, it would change the earth. And that was writer and Nobel Prize laureate William Faulkner. That concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me. Somebody email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.